0: Good afternoon, evening, wherever you are listening in the world. Welcome back to Range Anxiety. I'm your host, Martin Donnan, giving you 30 years of automotive experience in 30 minutes. Sometimes once a week, sometimes twice. And now this time for the third time. Feedback we don't really have to cover off that much because Edelweiss was only out a few days ago. Uh, the story of Nick Strakisen and his wonderful motor racing career and Yeah, people have loved it. So do more, do more live. Martin, come on, get on it. So you know what? I've listened. And today I'm sitting here with one of the stalwarts of the Australian motor racing industry. Uh, Been building sports cars, championship winning sports cars for 30 or 40 years. Welcome to the show. Good friend of mine, mentor and someone I highly respect, a guy by the name of Lance Ridgway. G'day Lance. G'day Lance. Hello, Martin. How are you, mate? Oh, look at that! Very chipper. Oh yeah, very chipper today. This is actually take two because we had a bit of a Telstra interference problem. Not it wasn't Telstra's problem. It was just an interference problem on uh, take one. So, Lance, we're going to get straight into this. We're not going to muck around. Tell me about your first car,
1: my mighty Austin Seven. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Ninety- Could you explain to the listeners the, uh, what an Austin Seven is? Well, it was a 1936, obviously pre-war. Uh, uh, Tura, you know, canvas lid, and uh, a very admirable little motor car. Uh,
0: Three-bearing, crankshaft, four-cylinder, yes, and seven yes.
1: horsepower. Exactly,
0: yeah. We lose more than that through the load of the alternator these days. How the hell did this thing even
1: move? Well, you'd be surprised. It would be, I probably on, wouldn't uh, be on the flattened level. <clears throat> it would get up to at least 60 to 65 miles an hour. 110k's,
0: boys and girls. Well, that, yeah. that is actually pretty incredible for seven horsepower. Well, it's amazing. Does that mean if you had 14 horsepower, you'd do 200k's an hour?
1: Probably. Well, it depends if there was a passenger or not. <laughs> <laughs> but it was only a three speed, wasn't it? No, no, four speed. I thought they were all three speeds No, no, four on the four. I'm Ford. thinking a Ford Prefects. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, they're definitely up, up market compared to a Ford Prefect. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> well,. They never jumped out of second gear.
0: Or didn't James Herriot drive one in All Creatures, Grunt and Smell, that old TV show? I think he did. He had an Austin 7, or Siegfried did, one or the well, other. I'm not sure. Yeah, they did. So you had this thing, you chopped it up, you went motor racing with it, and you actually pulled... The, this is Lance's claim to fame, one thing I do remember about him <laughs> is he pulled the cylinder head off it on the side of the road while on route, while on a journey. Tell me quickly about that.
1: Well, they were very subject to uh, fouled spark plugs because they're already 50 or well, 30 years old. And uh, I was heading off to go yachting. As, as, as you, as do, you, as you do, do, as you do, as you do. Yes. Got and cool. uh, yeah. heading out to Outer Harbour, it was like a moonscape in those days. Still is. Uh, and it went off tune. I, I had a pretty serious appointment to get on board the boat so we could go off and race. Uh, no, if I keep driving like this, I'll never get there. <laughs> so, uh, dropped off the cylinder head. On the side of the road. Uh, because I dropped the the screw fitting off the top of the spark plug down the spark plug. As hole, you do. As occasionally occurs. And uh, ripped the head off, got the little brass thing, put the head back on. Then... When you're out in the boondocks, finding a, a gallon of water was a bit of a problem, but apparently I did. But there was a herd of milking goats yeah, yeah, on the there, road there, there. there. Did you use the no, goat's milk no. in the I, engine? I, I, I might have pinched some of the goat water, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to know what goat uh, water is. Yeah. Well, the water that the goats drink. <laughs> oh, I thought that, that might have been the water they expelled. I'm, I'm buggered if I know where I got water at that in that situation, but it all happened and I got to where I needed to go, so it was fine. And here's the good thing about Lance. We're doing this podcast live from Lance's place
0: and we're actually surrounded by schnauzers and another thing that we call Rafiki or Lance because he's a lad, Ralph. Um, So you might hear a bit of barking from time to time, but that's all right. Crazy cat ladies, you know, are a bit crazy, but crazy dog people are great because I'm one myself and... Dogs are good for the heart. Not quite as good though as MGTCs. They're which not, was your next car?
1: They're not so good for the carpet either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we needed to know that, didn't we?
1: Yeah. No, I had a, a Renault in between there. Oh God. Um, French sure. cars, because mechanics need jobs too. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it it, it certainly taught me a lot of lessons. Right. Never to buy another French car. <laughs> No, uh, two CVs on my agenda. Oh my goodness! How big was this thing? Tell me about the motor in it. Seven hundred and fifty
0: CCs, a roaring horsepower. That's about two cubic inches for my American listeners. (laughs) And yeah, basically, you made some headers that came up through the rear bonnet.
1: Yeah, actually, I had yeah, I'd thrown the bonnet away. Oh, you should too. I had four straight out exhausts with fish tail. Did so people look at you
0: like you were some sort of freak driving down the road?
1: No. No, it was par for the course, really. Really? But one of them split, so it was very muffled on three of the cylinders, and the third one kept going bang, 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 bang every power stroke. And you don't believe people were looking at you thinking you're an idiot? Well, the police did. <laughs> did well, I did have a discussion with the police. <laughs> He said, That's unusual for you, Lance. Yeah, I know. He didn't book me, so that was fine. And uh, I eventually fixed it, so it was good. And from there you moved on to something good like an MGTC. Yes, indeed. Uh, cut down, shortened, TC special, aluminium body. One of the best cars I ever owned.
0: So not everyone in this area when you were doing it, I mean, you are a... Uh, just qualified fitter and turner um, wannabe at that stage industrial designer and you just got cars and started like hacking them up to customise them to to basically rat rod them to your specifications not everyone was doing that there would have been just a handful of
1: you yeah no in those days the the road laws were fairly uh, flexible (laughs) yeah I had an amongst You know, in those days, you bought an Austin 7 or one or two Austin 7s for 20 or 30 quid. Yeah. One I had threw the body away, made a tubular framework, something to lean against, something to hold the steering wheel from flapping around, something to put a saddle bag with some tools in it. And you drove this thing on the road? Exactly,
0: yeah. Yeah, and still people didn't look?
1: No, no, no. Did you scare any horses with it? Scared myself once, or twice. <laughs> but, but uh, is this when you first started to the competition event? Was this car one the, of these cars? Well, the, the TC, I suppose, was when I really got into it with you know quarter mile sprints. And they used a sundial to time back then, by the way. <laughs> no, <didn't they? laughs> uh, no, seventeen second quarters was pretty upmarket.
0: Actually, seventeen second quarters thirty years later weren't too bad, mate.
1: Yeah, no. It, I held, my, I held my side up, I think.
0: I was going to thought you, you thought you were going to say you held your own. I was going to say, well, that's <laughs> something all us motor racing people have been doing for a while.
1: Well, you've got to be confident. <laughs> well, yeah.
0: no, I never got sacked for being confident. Uh, um, so, yeah, from there, I mean, we'll, t- we'll actually quickly tell the story of the XK120 because of those of you that I'm not a great Jaguar fan, um, but the XK120 is such an iconic car. It's such an important part of our motoring history. If you don't know what it is. Go look it up. I don't even think they went to the states, but Lance oh, had an
1: XK. Yeah, oh, did they? There oh you go. Yeah, yeah.
0: Lance had an XK120 Jaguar, straight six, twin cam, crazy thing. What were that? Three and
1: liter.
0: Got three and a half liter. Yeah, there you go. And you know they were just a brilliant thing, a big long sports car worth squintillions now. And you used to take that down and race it on the oiled dirt down Atlantic Park like a lunatic, and you did pretty well, didn't you?
1: Yeah, because of the long wheelbase. Yeah, you could hang the tail out and put the power down. And uh, all the arseholes of the MG Car Club were very put out. <laughs> <laughs> you you know, you still don't like them to this day. But you know what? When you see
0: kids now going in about, you know, I can drift a Sylvia. These crazy old bastards were doing it in Jaguars that are, uh, probably weren't worth a lot then, but are half a million dollar cars now. So Lance did the right thing with this Jaguar after like, racing it, destroying it. Hacking it, loving it, and having a lot of good times in it. You swapped it for a Uh,
1: garage-built Formula Three. Was it a heap of shit? It had a few downsides.
0: (laughs) Did it have any upsides? Uh, Well,
1: it was light, (laughs) but no differential, chain drive. Oh my goodness! um, Rubber band suspension. If and it ran on uh, pure alcohol, ninety-seven percent alcohol. Like the driver. Yeah. Well, in those days, that didn't matter much. Yeah. <laughs> I made you faster. But if you happened to spill any of the fuel on the rubber bands... Oh, dear. ...halfway through the second lap, suddenly the thing was dragging its ass along the ground. <laughs>
0: like a droopy dog. Yeah. So from there, um, we're going to go to a quick intermission because from there, this this little hobby of building cars, chopping them up, customising making cool shit happen with them turned into something really, really serious. And I can tell you this one thing, if you've ever been a fan of rotors, you might want to listen to this next segment. So give us one minute and we'll be back. All right, we're back again. We've had our intermission. Us old people, we need constant breaks for all sorts of things. But here is where the story starts to get really interesting, if it wasn't interesting enough already. I mean, Lance has done some crazy stuff with cars. But Lance actually holds the honour and the record as being the first person to race a rotary-powered vehicle in Australia. Now, let me give you a little bit of background before we get into the RX3, I think it was. Lance had spent a bit of time in Russia uh, doing some industrial design work in the day, and I think living on vodka rather than water probably did (laughs) something to your brain. And tell me, how did you get into rotaries?
1: Tell me what you told me earlier. Oh, Martin about seventy eight I think it was, and I was aware of rotaries and i I picked up a car and driver, Yankee magazine
0: yep all my u s customers or oh, sorry, you don't pay listeners will know what that is
1: and uh, there was a pretty good article on a on the rotary engine, and I thought this when you when you look at the spec, it's something you can pick up, put on your workbench, and still get two fifty horsepower out of. I thought, shit, this has to be something with value. So what did you do? Well, I went to a local car yard and picked up a RX3. Like a nice road car? Well, yeah, relatively nice. I prefer Jaguars, but... Oh, of course, (laughs) you do, Lance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, No, no. my idea was, yeah, to have a look at it, work it it over and and see what I could do with it. So Um, what was
0: the first thing you did to it?
1: Oh, uh, bridge porting was all the go in those days. You pulled apart your own car and bridge ported it? Yeah, sure.
0: Where did you get all the design and port design oh, and stuff?
1: Oh, oh, through various magazines and, yeah. You know. There's... So you bridge ported and built your own rotor? Sure. And did it, did it start? It ran like a bloody clock.
0: Did it actually, did you jump in after you'd done your home bridge port job and go, hey, this goes better?
1: Indeed. Yeah. Okay, so oh, it was yeah. a noticeable difference. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Con- yeah. When you can, well, you probably uh, increased the porting by about 30-35%. So, do you didn't, you don't, did that thing
0: have the spark arrestor and all that crap on it? Was that the RX4 that was later, it didn't have an emissions exhaust or anything? No, 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 no. Um, you made a set of pipes for it, though, didn't you?
1: Not initially, no, just, no. just a standard manifold to start with. Standard so, carby? Oh, by then i probably put a 48 on it. Or I can't Perfect. I started, yeah, 48 IDA. Of course, as you, as you and, do. And the extractor system, yeah. And uh, so you're wop, 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 sitting there and... I, I was pretty pleased with the result and uh, it was still a road car at that stage. So why did it turn from road car into,
0: like, crazy machine? I Tell thought, me. Well...
1: It's, um, well, a logical uh, conclusion. You, you know, you've got a bit of horsepower. Suddenly you need something that's a bit lighter, <laughs> something that stops a bit better. Um, See, the listeners don't kind of grasp what you did to this thing. Like, you
0: cut the thing into a million bits. You put, like, a front fiberglass clip on it. Yeah, the whole
1: front was a, a glass clip, and uh, oh, I changed the rear end to uh, trailing arms and... Panhard rod. You basically
0: like turned that. it into a sports sedan and you raced it in sports sedans?
1: I did indeed. Did yeah. you still ever drive it on the road though? No, by then it was a trailerable arrangement. And where did you race? AIR, Adelaide International Raceway. Adelaide and Malala. Malala, uh, yeah. I, yeah, actually we went to Calder with it. Went to Calder? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. We, Big we... drive to Covid Toria. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and we, we ran it. Oh, I guess it's the MG Car Club. We ran a six hour. Oh, those assholes. <laughs> yeah we're on we a six hour relay race so each of us went out for an hour
0: when you say each of us was there D- and yeah. davis involved by then
1: or no i don't know no. i can't remember yeah I can't remember who remember cares who the they weren't were, as fast but, as you though were they no they weren't oh, of course not strangely enough towards the end of my hour i, I was putting down pretty serious this size. thing ran for hours and it's a rotary it, it did it it was faultless, and you'd built it, you put seals in it, you oh yeah, yeah well, vaseline it up to put it back together, I did indeed, you know when people see jars of vaseline around my workshop, they <laughs> get a bit dubious, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just a rotary guy I'm just misunderstood, but, but if you're a rotary man, you've got to have a few jars of vaseline, so you never smashed this thing like in the engine a lot. no, I had a great run with them, you know i we, it was a twelve A initially that I built, and oh, then I peripheral ported it. Of course, as you do, just a just a mild PP in the back shed. Well, virtually I, I got a little lathe, and I mounted yep. the the housings on the bed of the saddle. Yep. Put a boring bar in the chuck. Yep. Bored her out to I don't know about fifty four mil or something. Yep. Two great big holes going straight in. Yep. I think I Harold uh, died at the the ports in, and it and this, was bloody. Excellent. And this
0: was well before Alan Moffat was racing these things. As watch, which what turned most Australians onto them was when the Canadian driver Alan Moffat was racing the RX7s in our uh, Touring Car Group C Touring Car Series. But you were doing it well before then and loving it. Hell,
1: he was just sh- starting to shave when I started doing it. <laughs> I
0: used to drive GTs, now I drive on them. Remember that ad? Mm-hmm. But um yeah, that's fantastic. But this what would just tell me what was it actually like to drive? Because you've given me some colourful stories off the air. What was actually when you raced it, what did
1: it used to do to you? Well, I had a CIG locker, which is a welded up diff, boys and girls. Welded diff. So the the back end had a few nuances. Mm-hmm yeah it sort of caught it kept your attention put it that way (laughs) and the brakes were what brakes uh, (laughs) well i made up a plate and put double calipers double calipers double calipers you know smart idea two pairs of rx you couldn't buy you couldn't buy wheelwoods and stuff like that back then no you could not and it started to stop slightly better um and I put a huge wing on the back of it.
0: I, I think I've seen a photo of that. It looked like not just a picnic table, but the entire picnic.
1: Well, it looked like a 747, really. It did, didn't it? <laughs> but, uh, particularly at Adelaide, round the bowl. Which is a big, like, it was, uh, Adelaide, for
0: my US listeners, was um, a short course NASCAR track. So when he's talking about the bowl,
1: he's talking about a proper, like, bank curve on a half mile track. Which uh, took a lot of prisoners. And
0: I Re- thought... Well, released
1: a few into the fence as well. If I could, yeah, yeah, a few of my people rub their heads off. Mm. On the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> suddenly I had a car I could go through there, flat strap. Yep. To the point where the front end would be jumping around as if it had San Vardas dance. And I, I felt confident. And it was just you're confident while our front end's flapping around Yeah, It sounds oh, sounds good to me. No, well, it was still going in the direction I had in mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but the wing, I, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I, I just I looked at some uh, AF uh, profiles and thought, yeah, our I'll air work. force. So he's looking at aeroplanes. <laughs> I thought, well, we've tipped that upside down. It's got to do something. Yep, and it did. Gee, it was amazing. Uh, and you know, I was, I, it was. Was it horrible to drive? It was predictable. It was predictable that was going to give you every bit of pain known to mankind. <laughs> Did but you ever shit. beat any
0: V8s in it, though? Yeah. Yeah, well, Fantastic.
1: you know, sports are downfield in those days. sixes, V8s. Yep. My poor little rotary. Yep. I was midfield.
0: Yeah, and, fantastic!
1: Yeah. You were up against some pro-built factory cars oh, back then. That was a that was a big deal. Sports sedans back then. Yeah, look, I, I was nowhere near the front. But, yeah, but as a midfielder, I had more fun than. But hang on, you still had a production car, pressed chassis with some bars in it,
0: and you were up against hand-built bespoke tube frame cars with flops on
1: them. Oh shit! Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. No, I I didn't expect to beat the guys at the front. I mean, you were
0: racing against stuff like. Oh, probably wasn't old enough then, but it probably wasn't made them. But stuff like the
1: Vescander, almost. No, that wouldn't no, be around no, no, then. No, 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 that's a no. sports car. Yeah, uh, no. Uh, oh, there was some pretty flash stuff, you know, guys with uh, Chevys and things mid-engined. Yep. Uh, no, I, do, I, I didn't. I didn't run against them, but right. uh, but I, I gave a, a lot of the midfielders grief. And uh, yeah, no, I was pretty happy with it. Did that. you ever get beaten by a Mini? Uh, no. There you go. See, <laughs> no, so, no. and
0: they were quite, th- they were quite no. good things back then. No. So this rotary thing for Lance, the RX3, he kind of got out of it and apparently it's just leaned, leaned up against the side of a barn somewhere. We're trying to find it. So I'd like to bring it back and see if it can like, you know, shorten my lifespan. And he's trying to drive it. So I've driven a few of Lance's cars and he goes, Martin, I'm not going to let you drive this one. It is a swine. So that means I need it more <laughs> than ever. Um, So when we come back in a moment, we're going to take another quick break. We're going to talk about the serious rotary powered race cars that Lance built. So you might've thought this was just a couple of old farts talking shit at the start. Now we're talking about the history of the Wankel and rotors and racing in Australia. You better stay listening back in one moment. And we're back. And now it's time to discuss the serious rotary engine race cars. To put you in perspective, Back in the day, it would have been the mid-80s or late late 80s. No no. no, no, it would have been the early 90s when I first saw one. I was at a sprint day for the Alfa Romeo Car Club at Malala Motorsport Park. And I had an Alfa Romeo, Alpheta GT, I believe it was. And I was out there and I was trying to break out of the 1 minute 40s. And I got a, I think I did a 1 minute 38.9 or something that day, which I thought was pretty cool. And... There was a sports car out there, this swoopy-looking, Group C, crazy-looking little car, rotary-powered, and it was doing 111s. And I looked at it at the time, I'm going to quote Elon Musk here, I thought, this is alien technology. (laughs) Little did I know, it was one of these cars that Lance went on to build. So tell me, it was a Norax C1 sports car, why and how and with who did it happen?
1: Well, Martin, uh, the Sporting Car Club's to blame for all this. Right, yep. It was just down the road from my place. And we can hear the dogs. They're saying hello too, so
0: hello everyone back to the dogs. Keep going. (laughs) Anyway, uh,
1: we were inclined to have a red or two later in the evening after the meeting. And a couple of us got together and said that we like rotaries. Of course. We, We like sports cars. And Ian had, had a...
0: Pick. Ian Davis, uh, a well-known sports car builder with his IDS specials at this stage.
1: And we sort of, over a few bottles of flagons of red... Uh, <laughs> flagons? Oh, tearing me. <laughs> we decided maybe we should, <coughs> should look at building a car or two. And another guy involved with us, a uh, bit of a fringe dweller, but uh, he, he he liked the idea. And so we put together a, a little bit of a plan to uh, design a chassis, which Ian is mostly uh, has to own up for. He's a good chassis guy. And uh, he'd built quite a few successful sports cars. Yeah. One so, of them flew, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. More on more that in another episode, <laughs> but yeah, we'll keep going. And uh, we decided to form a quorum. Got together. Uh, I, I had a workshop. And uh, we uh, laid down the plans for it, and uh, I guess that was in about 1975. Wow. And uh, we put them on the track in seven, uh, no, uh, 85. That's better. I was going to say, I was still not even toilet trained the the first day. No, 84, 85. Uh, And we actually put the three of them on the track in 87, yeah, yeah. So you built three cars. Yeah. Now
0: to put this into even more perspective, at the time Lance was uh, running a successful manufacturing business, um, and this this is you got to know this because this is where the name of the cars came from. Lance, if you've ever um, looked around your grandparents' house, or maybe if you're old enough like me, you had one growing up. Those desk lamps that had like a a curved metallic spine and a fluoro in the top of them called a Norax desk lamp. This is what Lance did. He designed. These lights went onto every school kid's desk in the country. So, you know, he, he had this successful business with injection moulders and machining equipment and everything going in Prospect, South Australia. But by night, it was a
1: skunk works. <laughs> <laughs> Am I correct? No, well, we're organized. we are pretty organised. We we worked on the chassis Saturday and Sunday. Yep. All day? Yeah, pretty well. well in, the, in the mix with a flag and a, t- a red stripe. Darrenberg, uh, claret. Oh, lovely! <laughs> These uh, guys didn't mess about. But no, we made a proper jig and we we jig built the the three chassis. Yep. Um. Meantime, we were searching around for componentry. Yeah. And I uh, mean, when you say
0: searching around for componentry, what do you mean?
1: Well, I bought a uh Formula Two and grabbed the. Uh, and uh f t two hundred out of that proper race transmission boys and girls, yeah, and uh, then sold it on uh, yep, I think uh, that covered the cost of the gearbox mm-hmm. and
0: uh, <clears throat>
1: I, you know we were looking for engines and running gear but you were you were going to stick rotary with these things oh yeah, the whole thing was designed around a rotary engine, and yep. uh, uh strangely enough for twelve a at that time seemed to be that, that the the uh, Chosen one because it could rev to thirteen thousand revs pretty well continuously, uh, yep. whereas the uh, thirteen Bs were limited to nine thousand revs. So we thought, you know, the extra four thousand revs would be uh, probably productive. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's uh, <very> <laughs> And uh, you know, we, we spent a lot of time mocking up the body because we had to do it to the F-A-I-F-I-A-F-A FIA, F-I-A species, Um because we thought, yeah, this could become an international device. Yep. And uh, we, we got them on the track and immediately we were pretty happy with them. Um, all three at once or was it one first? Oh, or? No, actually, <clears> we, we got them all on the track within about three months. I who think. was the
0: first person to drive on? I think Ian. Yeah. Ian, I think. But you were always faster than Ian?
1: No, unfortunately. <laughs> well, he'll be jolly happy to hear that, Lance. Yeah, okay. No, I have to give credit where it's due. Um, but then you went out
0: because you were sick of being slow for no apparent reason, so you went out and bought a full
1: cheetah engine. No. Oh. No, that was my first engine. Yep. Did you build these engines or are they just stockers? No, this is one that fell off the back of a truck. <laughs> well, that's good no, to hear. No, it was all fair, mm. dinkum. Yeah. Um, after Moffat's uh, activities at uh, what do you call it? in the it? touring it's a, car championship? Yeah, the Peter Stuyvesant RX7. Bathage, yep. Yeah. Uh, when when it all folded, there was a spare engine going around that a, a, a friend of mine had bought. And he suddenly didn't have a need for it, so I got it. Yep. And uh, it was just unbelievable. Why, well, did you pull it down? No, no, I didn't touch it. Yep. Put it straight in. I think they were built by the Japanese, weren't they, those engines? No, I think they were genuine yep. Mazda race engines. Yes. And the thing was just perfect. How
0: much better did it feel than the clunky
1: you had in it? They
0: are both PPs,
1: yeah, they are both peripheral port. Yeah, yeah, but uh, this one, you know, mine I used to ran, run to ten or 11,000 revs. This thing would just whiz up to 13,000 revs in any gear, and it was almost boring. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you wouldn't have had their carburetion or their ignition, though, or, or did you?
0: Did you have their, in, you know, you should have... No, I think it came as a short engine and not yep.
1: the manifolding. And so
0: stuff. it probably wouldn't have even been as good as how he raced. That.
1: Oh, no yarders and he was a pro but it was still head and shoulders better than oh, anything it, you'd it, ever driven indescribable even yep. t- today you know i've driven recently i've driven a lambo hurricane perfect uh you have to thank the king of denmark for that but yes, keep going. Uh, Kia, Kia, uh, gave me the opportunity to have a drive around the block and i thought wow Things have moved on a bit. But but how much better would
0: that car have been with a rotor in it? Heaps better. <laughs> but you know, without a rotor, you ain't got a motor. So how did you eventually end up um, destroying
1: this beautiful Moffat rotary engine? Well, we're just out there for a practice day. Back at the workshop, I, I was machining up some uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, flat belt drive for the alternator, water pump, etc. Yep. I was on the back straight at Malala, going pretty quick, you know, I don't know, 250 clicks or so. And uh, something happened. By the time I got to Clubhouse, which was... About 300 metres up the road. No, about a half <clears K>, Okay. <throat> yeah. The thing melted. The combustion chamber melted. Yep. Because it had thrown the fan belt. Yep for which I was making provision for, but yeah. not quite got round to. Oh, whoops. Yeah, and if ever a grown man could be uh, blamed for being in tears, I was damn near it. Because <laughs> the, the motor was so good, I, I, I'd i never experienced anything like it in my life. And there's not one person
0: listening to this that has ever owned and destroyed and almost been in tears over a proper Mazda Group C race 12A peripheral port engine. Um, Did you pull it down and try and fix it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I got some new housings. and. But it wasn't the same, was it? Never the same again. No, no. It was, uh, and I was going through sad. a bit of a financial crisis <laughs>
0: at the time. And it, it just... What a sad end to such a wonderful story. But here's the thing. The Lance... Ridgeway story and the story of the Rotaries, the Rotary story kind of ends there because if I'd actually exorcised an Alan Moffat engine, I'd probably give up as well. However, the cars are still around today. I desperately want one. I probably want the RX3 more and put a mock-up of the Moffat engine in it. I mean, it may shorten my lifespan considerably, but it's got to be done. But there's so much more to tell in the Lance Ridgeway story. We've just scratched the surface so Next time, we're not going to revisit Lance straight away. We're going to write some more material or, or, or just dig up some more material. And we're going to talk about the Lotus-powered RDF um, special that I won a lot of races in and had a great time in and we had all some great times with. Um, so thank you for listening to Range Anxiety. We're going to be back soon. Hope you enjoyed the history of the rotor in Australia. Thank you and stay tuned for more.